Welcome, Pathfinders, to the Find the Path podcast actual play of the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path. Woo-hoo. Now with 100% more research. 100% more. <laughs> hey, critical. We went from none to a ton. Could we be a thousand percent. Who knows? I mean, it could be any percent because anything more than zero. Yes, it's true. Yep. Now one with twice per- as much. No, now with 1% more research. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Welcome back to the... Uh, episode 76. Episode 76. One where we go to the library again. The one with the very expensive entrance fee. Yeah. Yeah. When last we left our heroes, they had run into an old friend. <laughs> yep. Which is just our just our luck. He yeah. could be helpful. He did warn on Eurus. Yeah. You had a, a brief conversation with there was a whole bunch of sense motive checks rolled. Yep. yep. Uh, which seems rude, but... Okay. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, well, it's one of those, like, you, you see no a way. guy who you didn't think you'd ever see again, and you're like... Wait a minute, what are you doing here? <laughs> Convenient. There are That's no coincidences. Exactly. Kelru's going to get disappeared. I really hope not. I like Kelru. It's true. Kelru, Kelru was nice to all of you. Onuris didn't like him. He's just a religious guy trying to learn stuff. I mean, any NPC that makes something that, like, catchphrase and he says it, and we're like... Peace, friends. Uh, peace. Yeah, that guy. Like, that's a good NPC to me. More of a verbal tick, because he also repeats a lot of words that he says. Mm-hmm. But anyway, you had had a chance to catch up with Kelru, your old friend from back in Wati. Sure. Uh, you hadn't seen him since, I think it was twenty episode 28 or something. It's, uh, it's yeah. been a while. It's been a little Kelru, while. Kelru, old buddy, old pal. You'd had a uh, polite conversation with them where subtle warnings were exchanged between the parties. And Hollis missed the secret handshake. It's true. Yeah, you did botch the secret, Dad. you know, Nethian handshake. Yeah, he's trying to do the, like the slap, slap, fist bump. That's not how we do it in Sothis. No, 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 no. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's not how they do that up at the Sothis. They're much more open with their secret handshakes. <laughs> Goodness. The party had then, uh, after Kelru had made his way off, begun a little bit of research. I believe Jessica had critically hit the yeah. <laughs> research role. Critical research. Critical research. To find there's nothing there. To I know. find nothing. <laughs> but depressing. But you did find out that there was nothing there much faster than fast. you may have been otherwise. So you might have gone back there a second day to realize, to just continue searching and then find that there's nothing there after two days of looking. I mean, that's I fair. Don't, I don't know if after everything that we know about Nethys that we were really expecting to find anything in the public <laughs> section. It's fair. Like... Yes. We yeah. have to go to, we have to, let's be fair. All Harry Potter on this. Yeah, I was yep. going to say, uh, restricted or the section. restricted, restricted section, of the section of the library. Where is yep. our invisibility cloak? <laughs> you can just cast invisibility, but I'm pretty sure they have detectors for that. I don't have that because that's one of my bard schools. No oh, invisibility there. Ouch. Oh. I love invisibility. I mean, you could get it, but you'd have to burn it's through the, two spell yeah, slots. It's a pain. Thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to pick up opposition. The, but you know, the burden of a wizard. Not yet. This is a small side tangent. It's more restrictive, but I love the old AD&D way of doing restricted spellcasting for wizards, where every school had two automatic opposed schools, kind of like the Thassalonian wizards. Uh-huh. And so you didn't get to like pick any two schools. It's just, nope, if you're playing an illusionist, yeah, you just you can't cast these spells, period. You couldn't do anything with those yeah, at you all. You couldn't activate wands, nope, or you can use scrolls, or nothing. anything. Like, you literally wow. could not touch anything I, of that I kind spell of then now wonder now if the Thassalonian magic system is like a nod to that. I feel like it is. Yeah. I feel like it's a little bit of an homage back to uh, AD&D, especially yeah. because it's a magic system that in this world was 10,000 years old. And, and so it's almost like AD&D the version. Is the, yeah, yeah. It's the old version of magic. Nice. <laughs> anyway. Yes. The party had researched between the expert librarian skills of Hollis and Onuris. You were able to determine that there was nothing to see here. 
<laughs> you along. packed up at the end of the day, determining that there was actually a reference there. There were some footnotes. To yeah, we found some things that referenced place. like other parts of the library. Yep. Yes. The upper stacks. That, Which, uh, who knows if that book's been put away? We'll see. <laughs> so you now know that you need to gain access to the central portion of the library, the Great Chamber of Knowledge. Uh, which has a 50 gold entry fee. Wow. So Still salty pricey. about that. You'd then packed up, you left, you'd gone to have dinner with Citra's parents. It was a polite yep. time where, uh, wherein you'd actually discovered from Citra's mother, uh, as her mother and father are both repainting the dome in the Great Chamber of Knowledge, that they're also somewhat familiar with Kelru. Yep. Yep. And that apparently he works as an assistant to the, the high priestess of Nethys, and also the oh, Hatya, yeah. or governor, of I'm, Tefu. I'm telling you, Kelru's going to get disappeared. I hope not, because then we're going to have to go find him. Yeah, we could save him. Goodness. And we did a fun spell with Citra. Yeah, we did. We got to learn some stuff. Yeah. Yes. About Learned Atsu. some memories about, about what happened Atsu. to your brother. Yes. And his weird, like, Fate. dusty shadow thing? Like, we're yeah. still not sure what it was. Nope. That's weird. the mystery. I know. Killed by Mummy Rot. But not killed by Mummy Rot, because he, like, turned into something else. Yep. It's very weird. You have to die to be undead. Who knows? He seemed to have been affected by channel, so undead's probably pretty likely. Some sort of spawn. Maybe. Yeah. Weird. So, and then we had left off at the end of the day with all of you settling in. Hollis and Citra preparing to rest for the evening. Sudi and Onuris between Sudi's key metabolism, allowing him to only need to sleep for, I think, two hours. Yep. And Onuris's ring of sustenance, allowing him to only sleep for, I think, two hours, allowing the ladies to get a little bit of extra sleep while the, the gents are forced to sit up all night and watch. I uh, mean, to be fair, I'm going to basically be up all night anyway. So it's like that thing where you're in bed and you have insomnia and you're like, I can't go to sleep. I'm just not tired. <laughs> basically that. So Sudi like does calisthenics and like, you know, meditates and. I don't know, works on his acrobatics or something. So, yes, Hollis, you get a okay. wonderful night's sleep as Sudi's doing backflips in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. Much get... like a cat while you're trying to sleep, bouncing off the walls and off your face off shelves. No. Exactly. He, so, he occasionally goes over to your face and just kind of like pause it. <laughs> you get pecked. Yep. The party had settled in. I left with Citra considering what happened with her brother, considering what's happened with her so far, leading her to this point. And Citra, eventually you were able to, to bed down to go to sleep. Sudi maintained his vigilant watch. Uh, Sudi, go ahead and make me a perception roll. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. oh, gosh. My revenant's back. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> no. Uh, that's an eight on the dice for a 22 perception. Okay. Not terrible, but... Slightly below average. Uh, yeah, just a little bit. Sudi, you spend the evening quietly pacing about the room. Listening to the uh, the soft cooing sound of the sleeping chicken. Yeah. <laughs> Occasionally glancing out the, the window here. You've closed it, but parting the curtain a little bit and looking down onto the street. Expecting to be attacked at any moment. Tefu is, in your mind, uncomfortably busy by night. Wati became very quiet by night, other than the occasional drunk stumbling back home. People woke up with the dawn. They worked through the day. They went to sleep with the setting of the sun. In Tefu, it seems like there is always something going on. That New York City vibe? Yeah. Like this guy singing. <laughs> a random bard wanders down the street singing a song. Your watch passes uninterrupted. You keep an eye outside. You keep an ear towards the door. You wait as time passes, considering, again, the danger you're potentially in here. And dedicating yourself to staying vigilant. 
once again falling into that uh, that thought process that you don't have Sagira here anymore. And despite Jessica's atrocious dice rolls, Sagira was much more perceptive than you. <laughs> yep. My dice luck is by far the worst. That was when you had two eyes. Oh. Uh, Just had to go there. <laughs> well, it had to be. I was talking about perception. <laughs> yep. As Jordan looks sadly down at that minus two. Uh, minus four. Uh, actually. Uh, yeah. No penalty if it's sound based, though. Yeah, but minus four. You settle down eventually as you as you grow tired, settling down onto your cot as Onyris switches off to take the watch. Onyris probably unfurls his uh, his prayer mat and sits there and contemplates his small statue of Horus. And unfortunately, Onyris on her it still needs to sleep for. A number of hours to I don't know how many hours a day falcons sleep. I'm gonna say twelve. <laughs> what? They're not cats. <laughs> cats are like sixteen. At least six. Um, yes. On yours you, you kinda settle in. You now listen to the soft purring sounds of Sudi. Yeah. <laughs> That's real weird. He sleeps. Jordan does a good purr. <laughs> on yours, go ahead and make me a perception roll as well. Uh oh. She's got good eyes like. I know, but it's happening. Uh, so Onyris does much better. I roll an 18 on the die and get a 29. Okay. Roll substantially better, but not get substantially more than Sudi. <laughs> Sudi's much more perceptive. Yep. I don't have any ranks in it. Is that not being a class skill thing? No, you do get to add like half your level to your perception checks because of some domain thing. Yeah. You settle in, you watch the door. With its flower trap. Yeah. <laughs> With its flower trap, just in case. You don't hear anything. You don't see anything. But you smell something. The smell of... Of ripe dates. Don't they make date wine or something here? Yeah, Didn't Sudi buy a bunch of dates? Yeah, but this, <laughs> this is potent. As you glance about, you also do hear something. The soft sound of the river. The wind, the sound of birds. Your eyes trail back over to... The edge of your bed. Where your pack sits that smell those sounds are coming from your pack. Uh, okay, I'm gonna go investigate that shenanigans. <laughs> Making your way over towards the side of your bed. You open the top flap of your pack, you reach in. Your fingers touch the cool, cold, smooth metal as you pull the mask of Hakatep out. It's almost like you can hear it. Voices. Like before, they seem to be coming from an impossible distance, like when you first held the mask inside the sepulcher of the servant, standing over the body of Neptakufri. I'm going to put it on. As everybody else in the room is like, oh, <laughs> Why not hide over not here? Ter- this is a terrible idea. <clears throat> Last time it gave me a really cool vision, and we need information, so... Oh my god, yeah. you're so reckless. Oh my god. Oh. <laughs> You place the mask on. You feel it initially cool against your skin, although it warms to not not heat, but almost a, a room temperature, a skin temperature. You feel that sensation as it shifts to fit snugly against your face, like a warm mud mask. That's weird. Don't say that again. I don't yeah, like say it. that every time now. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> needs to be said every time. It puts like little a, cucumbers on your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> what? Or this mask moisturizes. <laughs> Okay, you've taken it too far now. The mess settles into place. You close your eyes. And after a moment, the sound becomes clear. And as you turn, you look, you open your eyes. You see 
you aren't in the darkened in room with your compatriots. You stand outside. Rays of sunlight slant their way down between the thick date palms that surround you. Not, not a wild grove, but arrayed in lines, one after the next after the next of an orchard. From here you can see the river, you can see the workers along the river bank growing crops in the, the fertile black soil that surrounds the river sphinx. The day is beautiful. It's early in the day, it's still not hot, but it's almost as you come to, to think of things, as you come to realize that you should be seeing something, that you should be hearing something or feeling something, it occurs to you. You don't really think about the heat until you go, it still feels cool, and then you remember the heat as you look around. Two figures stand nearby. One of them paces back and forth and back and forth, a handsome man, a young man, a man that you recognize as you'd seen him before, the older of the two brothers from the first time that you held the mask. He's bare-chested, an impressive number of gold adornments along his wrists, a pectoral around his neck, wears a skirt and uh, has fine sandals. The boy is shaved completely bald, and thick coal causes his eyes to seem like, almost like they glow from his face. However, he is animated and walking back and forth with pent-up energy. An older man stands nearby. Not the pharaoh, not the pharaoh that you saw before, not Dejerdit the first. This man is also bald, is older, not old, per se. You think probably only a few years past your age, although with the, the energetic 16-year-old in front of him, you can kind of kind of sympathize as you've been surrounded by all of these teenagers recently. You would think that this man's probably only in his mid-30s. He wears fine robes that are wrapped around him, white along one side, black along the other, which wrap back and forth. You don't immediately see any holy symbol, although you can see intricate designs that look akin to a face or a mask in the pectoral that he wears over the top. And draped about his shoulders is what seems to be a leopard skin wrapped from his right shoulder down across to his left hip, denoting him as a priest, a high priest in the old kingdoms. As you approach a little closer, you can hear the boy. You have to talk to him. It's not right. It's, he can't. The old man holds up a hand. Your father, the Pharaoh, life, prosperity, and health. He knows what he is doing. His, his time has grown short. He has reigned in peace and prosperity here for decades. Osirian has not seen an age like this for a hundred years. He is a good pharaoh. The boy nods, grabbing a stick and snapping it off of one of the trees, beginning to kind of whip the air as if he's possibly striking towards something. I know he's a good pharaoh. He can't leave this up to just, just randomness. I was raised for this. Your brother was raised for this as well. He's... I love my brother. But he's soft. He's weak. Our enemies surround us. What happens if the raiders come back from the west? 
What happens if the divs return? What happens with the lands to the south? What happens with the rebel provinces? We don't want a repeat of what's come before. We need... We need strength now. The older priest just holds up a hand trying to calm him, placing a hand on his shoulder, although the boy recoils and gives him a stern look, at which point the man bows his head in a way that you think that that gesture used to be something that was well received. But now, now that he's older, now that he's moving into the position of Pharaoh, the idea of laying hands upon him offends him. The gods will decide fairly. You will both have the same test. A random test. But fair. And then the gods will decide whether or not Osirian shall grow or stagnate. Your father must soon embark. He will need to make his way beyond the western sky, past the sunset, and into the realms below. The Horus must always pass, and the new Osiris rise. It is the way of things. The boy opens his mouth as if to speak again, at which point you both hear a snap. He kind of pauses, turning and glancing back towards the trees, almost looking at you. The boy lowers a hand down towards his hip, where you can see he carries a kukri. Who's there? The small form of the younger child that you'd seen steps out from behind the tree. The older boy's face relaxes. It goes from that mask that you'd seen of just anger and frustration to melting away to one of, of calm. He smiles, kneeling down to a knee to let his much younger brother approach. Again, a boy of, you can't even say ten. You shouldn't be sneaking around out here. The, the Risen Guard are with me. The boy points back down the way, where you can see very distantly a trio of soldiers seeming to search through the trees looking for someone, probably. <laughs> I, you know, it's fine. We let, we let the prince escape. It's cool. What are they going to do? Kill him again? <laughs> yeah. The boy looks up with only the love that a younger brother can have for an older brother he idolizes. You're upset. The older boy places a hand on his shoulder and smiles. Things are going to become difficult soon. Father is moving on. Going to his reward. And soon, brother, you and I, we will have to lead. The boy nods in the way that a child nods when they don't truly understand something. Come on. Let's go to the market. We'll pick you up some new toy soldiers. The boy just kind of gives a gap-toothed grin back up towards his older brother. The older boy stands up to his feet, glances back towards the older man. Thank you for your counsel. I will keep it in mind. Let's go. He places a hand on the boy's shoulder. The boy smiles and waves back. Bye, Nahamra. Oh, dang! The old man smiles and nods. And the scene fades. Oh. Honiris would take off the mask and take out his journal and document what he saw. In excruciating detail. Yeah. <laughs> Nahamra! <laughs> You were like an advisor to the Pharaoh. From we already family. knew that. I know. But like that's the, <laughs> this is the moment. It's the moment that happens leading up to your moment. whatever your family did. <laughs> Maybe possibly. Do. And why is the mask showing that? 
Questions? I'm filled with them. <laughs> that was unexpected. It was like just kind of like it was kind of going along, and then it's like Nahamra, and I'm like, oh, oh, this is maybe important for <laughs> people besides on your. Well, I'm pretty sure it was important. Well, I mean, I know it was important, but I, I like it, was, it seemed very like maybe on your focus. But then it's like, oh wait, no, there's Citra's family in there. Yep. Well, we knew th- we knew that my family were like priests and whatnot. We just didn't yeah. know what happened. Yeah, but now I'm kind of so. ser- I'm kind of curious here because I'm like, okay, is this like Hakatep's childhood or is this? It's like- got to be Hakatep. And yeah. the Pharaohs did Jared at the first. Yeah, the one yeah. that's dying. So the boys are Hakatep. Oh uh, yeah, but who's who? That's the question. Dun dun dun. Who knows? So the mystery deepens. The evening passes. Onyris, I suppose, just slides the mask back away into his bag. Yep. All right. And like I said, documents the vision in a journal. Go ahead and give me a perception roll from everyone else in the party. Okay. Dun, dun, dun. What's the penalty for sleeping? Minus 10. Ow. I have a zero. Well, I have a negative was, four. There goes the 10 I rolled. And the chicken. And the chicken. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I get, a, I get a 14 with my minus 10 because I'm asleep, so I notice nothing. Yeah, I got a four with the minus 10. So. Okay. With the minus 10, sugar gets an eight. On yours, you slide the bass back away, settle down for the rest of your watch. The evening passes, and eventually the sun rises and your companions stir back awake. I suppose all of you wake up, gather yourselves together, don your gear, strap on your weapons, on yours, praise for an hour. Hollis, I think you only have to study for 15 minutes because you have fast study. I flip through my book for 15 minutes. Oh, yeah, that's how this goes. Yep. Well, I leave some slots open for utility's sake. It's fair. Quick study is an amazing feat. Fast study. Arcane discovery. Yes. Off to the library. For another fun day at looking at books, but now with the additional gold cost. Yep. What's Falto doing today? He still has research that he needs to take care of on his own pursuing of things and looking into all this stuff. And he joins all of you for breakfast. Does his usual crack and wise. uh, Offers a couple of suggestions for all of you for, uh, for when you're out in the city. As far as just like, hey, every once in a while, be sure to, to check back over your shoulder. If you're suspicious that you're being followed, take four left turns just to see if that person's <laughs> still behind you. All the things that he learned from his time in the uh, the Pathfinder school and <laughs> of being a paranoid adventurer. Yeah, I was going to say, apparently there was the Losing Tales 102. Probably. Oh, yeah. There's probably like, and there, here's like how to write our secret message that only Pathfinders yeah. can read, blah, blah, blah. He'd also suggest if you're truly concerned that someone's following you, setting up some sort of dead drop location or something like that, that if you need to pass a message or if he needs to pass a message to you that the end's been compromised or something that you can. It doesn't feel like it's there yet. <laughs> Jesus. I was going to say, no stuff. I was going to say, it's <laughs> funny because like, that's like taking our paranoid adventurer like trope of our party and like ratcheting it up to 12. <laughs> <laughs> so we go to the library. Yeah. The four of you pack up, gather your gear, set off through the city streets, navigate your way. You're stopped at the gate into the old city the same as you were the day before. Oh, wait, I have to do my deific obedience before we leave. Okay, that takes how long? Uh, not very long. I just have to scribble down most of a spell and leave it somewhere. Okay. Just I leave it, it, like, at the breakfast table or something. At the breakfast something. table. Yeah. yeah, there you go. You just leave it at the end. And I it's hope, like I hope this waitress becomes a wizard. Drop. <laughs> <laughs> Put mage armor on there. That seems fun, the first part of it, and then I leave it. There we yep. Nice. You all make your way through the city streets. You arrive at the gates to the old city. The guards stop you once again. They ask you about your business. You inform them. Research. Um, It's not the same two guards as it was yesterday. You then make your way into the old city past the various pillars, detailing the history of the city, and make your way back to the library. You see no sign of Kelru as you make your way in. I mean, you just got to do more than just stand by the door and wait for us to come by. Yeah. 
guess make the, our way to the desk. Yeah, the curators at the desk are busy at work. I suppose the four of you kind of crowd around one side of this. It's a large circular desk that's in the center where there's a branching path towards your right. There's a branching path towards your left, which are the outer stacks that you searched previously. And then there's the hallway that stretches along behind them that leads to the, the great library itself. You know that they know that you're there, but it's that thing where they don't make eye contact with you and they're still doing <laughs> their own thing for about like 45 seconds or so until you're getting like a little impatient before finally one of them realizes you're not going to walk off and glances up. Good morning. Good morning. How may the Temple of Nethus be of assistance to you? We need access to the... What is it? What is it called? The Great Hall of Knowledge? Yeah, it's the Great Chamber of Knowledge. The upper stacks it's, is part of the Great Chamber of Knowledge. Yeah, we need access to the Great Chamber of Knowledge. The woman looks over on Eurus and Citra for a long moment, as if it's one of those trying to place you but can't. And honestly, you can't place her either. Entry into the Great Chamber of Knowledge is controlled and requires a donation of 50 pieces of gold per day of research. Give her 50 gold. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, Sudi, Sudi will reach in and Hollis, pull like, out. looks at Sudi. Um, the 50 pieces of gold is for a group of up to five. Oh, oh. okay. I thought it was 50. That's yeah. why I was like, man, this is highway robbery, but like... It's still highway robbery. I mean, 10 gold but... uh, per person yeah, is still but... a lot, but not as bad. All right, well... Uh, that's not so bad then. Uh, or, I mean, still bad, but... Yeah, so there's four of us, so that's... What, 12.5 per person? As Jessica starts looking over like, hmm. <laughs> As Hollis makes sad puppy dog eyes over at uh, Sudi. She does. Yep, Sudi adds it unless to somebody, tab. Unless somebody just wants to mark off 50 gold from their character and just the next person covers it the next day. You don't know how many days you're going to need to spend in That's here. That's probably going to be the easiest uh, way yeah, to do it. Fine. Well, okay. it's fine. Hollis, I hope we fought someone. On your <laughs> I guess Hollis will go last. On your, Sugar, on you your better soul. get to work. <laughs> <laughs> on your uh, land, hand over 50 gold. Okay. So you reach into your pocket, you pull out 50 gold pieces. The woman takes them, you know, sets them on a scale nearby just to check their weight, takes the coins off, and then... She bite it? No. No, no, no. Those are scales probably done by, like, the Temple of Abadar or something. They're uh-huh. probably very accurate. Hollis would say, point with the finger of the scorched black hand and nod and then walk off. May you gain knowledge, sister. Tip the other one says something under her breath as you pass. You may make a perception roll. I will. I'll let everyone else make it with a minus four because she's staying behind. But My perception is garbage, but I do roll a 13. Uh, let's see. This is My perception is a zero. Listening. <laughs> so I get a 25. 25. Rolled a 19, which gives me a 30 with the minus four, 26. Oh. And yours gets a 21. So everyone except for Hollis. Yeah. <laughs> Hollis is just like, okay, thanks. Yeah. Uh, the other woman glances back towards Hollis as she walks away. Not too much knowledge. God, the people here. This is some. This is some total like bossing say stuff right here, man. <laughs> I'm just saying, like we're we're totally gonna get invited to Lake Lao Guy. <laughs> That's gonna be terrible. Huh? I'm just saying, like not too much knowledge. Definitely, like Hollis, if she had heard, been like, well, I critical your library yesterday. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what will happen so today. I- Guess we're gonna make our way to the upper stacks. Yep, we have footnotes. We know where we're going. Yeah, to guide our research further into Chisisek's tomb. Yeah, we should one not mention that name. Oh uh, yeah, no, I know. And two, we should still try to cover our tracks I'm at least. It, <coughs> oh yeah, we're trying to bluff. Which means Sudi will continue looking up the eyes of Ra because I'm not gonna be able to help with the research because I mean the only thing I can do is get books as long as their books are written in Assyriani, Catfolk, Sphinx, Common, or Ancient Assyriani. 
kind of wonder if sometimes like Citra pulls down a picture and she's like, huh, I did the art in that one. Aww. <laughs> oh, that'd be cool. <laughs> the four of you make your way down this long hallway, a hallway known as the processional of learning. Two rows of columns run down the sides of this long high hall, stacked still full of books and scrolls and papers. As you make your way through here and step beyond, you enter into a breathtaking chamber. This chamber is vast, pillared hall soaring upwards to the great dome overhead, an airy vastness appropriately painted with stars and clouds. Here you can see the scaffolding up above, and Citra, you can already make out the form of your father some almost 90 feet up, working on painting the mural across the ceiling of this room. She waves at him. He does not notice you. He's busy <laughs> working. Well, I don't know. I could try. <laughs> you shout up at him. Oh. Hey. Get hey. ready with a feather fall just in case. Listen. I'm not going to try to get my dad to fall. That'd be well, terrible. No, that's what I'm saying in case you startle him. He's, he's hard at work, 90 feet up in the air. Well, that's why I didn't know Like if he'd glance down, she yeah. would wave. Like, that's sure. why she's yeah. not trying to get him to look. Your, your mother is down at ground level as she seems to be attaching an additional can of paint to a rope to be pulled up via a pulley. A ring of columns runs around the perimeter of this room, supporting a gallery at the base of the dome. Countless shelves divide the chamber rising so high that ladders are needed to climb up to them. These shelves are in turn separated by a bewildering variety of boxes, cabinets, cases, chests, containing various tomes of knowledge as well as uh, antique artifacts. Littered amongst these towers of knowledge are benches, reading tables, huge desks for spreading out maps, elaborate displays. The flickering light of lamps and lanterns mingle throughout the entirety of the space, granting deep shadows and bright points of light that seem to divide this place, this entire room into areas of brightness and darkness and seem to give this an almost impossibly large space. Almost most disturbingly as you step in here is as your feet hit the hard stone, you expect an echo. But the thick tome surrounding you on every side absorbs all sound so that it is shockingly quiet. From the door here, you can see across the full expanse of this room. On the opposite side of the room, you can see an immense circular bronze door that rises amid the wall of huge limestone blocks at the far side of the library. And a single hieroglyph of an eye is engraved into the center of the, as this door's only feature. Not the eye of Horus. Nethus. But the stylized eye of Nethus. Hmm. Do I know where the upper stacks are from working here? The columns that run around the outside perimeter of this room support a gallery uh, at the top that's set about that sits sixty feet up. On yours would start leading the way towards the upper stacks. Okay. This way. Uh, I will allow Citra or on yours to make me an alt local. I do not have that. Oh, that's wonderful. Maybe <coughs> a natural twenty. Oh, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> Critical this nook. Thirty-two. Thirty-two. <laughs> Critical local Only that was a library check. Citra, you follow on yours, um, probably glancing back in the direction of the door. The Nethians don't speak about that door. No one is allowed beyond it, from what you understand, or no one without the express permission of the Hatya. You, however, are somewhat more curious, <laughs> and, and did spend some time asking around about it. That door is always locked. You understand that beyond the door is apparently access to another restricted section of the library the Great Library's inner sanctum known as the Spiral Archive. Hmm. It's supposed to be a, a repository for even greater and much more dangerous knowledge. Possibly where we need to go next. Wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine you kind of dart your eye back in the direction of that door a couple of times. 
It is said that it is guarded with traps as well as much more dangerous guardians. Mm. Take some like Ocean's Eleven skills up in here to get that open. <laughs> I mean, you got the lockpicking part, so it's just everything else that we have mm. to worry about. I got to spell magic. Yeah, there you go. Dispel the alarm. <laughs> Question on is, it. how many do you have? <laughs> well, I can prepare a bunch, but it is my school spell for third level right now, or nice. second level. No, third. Just kidding. Third. Nice. Whether or not it is trapped, you're not entirely positive. You didn't possess the skills back when you were working here to determine that. You could potentially take a look at it a little bit later on, but you'd yeah. have to wander over there at some point. I imagine you're going up towards the upper stacks right now. Yeah, we have more important things to worry about, especially since we don't know if we even need to go in there yet. The, uh, the gallery of the upper stacks is 60 feet above the floor of the Great Chamber of Knowledge. While your father is working on a portion of the uh, the room, of the lower portion of the dome that's about 90 feet up, the dome itself reaches up to a height of an additional 60 feet. Hmm. Which, once again, for Sudi, who the Grand Mausoleum was just a mind-blowing structure, the size and scope of this chamber is beyond anything you've experienced. And once again, just illustrates for, I imagine, the smaller town boy that Sudi, the the mastery of the ancient Osirian people and their architectural skills. Mm-hmm. Eight in engineering. I'm suitably impressed. Look yes. at them and their mastery of the Keystone Arch. The vaulted dome of this library rises like the heavens above the floor of the main chamber as you ascend up the stairs here. This broad balcony circles the base of the dome, lined with shelves and piles of books that loom like cliffs on the brink of collapse. A jumbled array of ladders climb to these teetering shelves, propped against the stacks, hung from ledges, dangling from wires overhanging the library far below. Um, or sometimes even just fashioned from spikes hammered into the wall between library shelf stacks. I'm going to take a minute and prepare Featherfall just in case. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's not okay. a bad idea. Not bad idea. A literal minute, and then I'm ready. But you ascend up the spiral staircase, you reach here. The gallery here does not have a railing. Ustalov. Yes. Oh, wait, we're not there. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, say, what is Welcome it with to Ustalov. What is it with people and like not having safety, man? Like OSHA. We need a Syrian OSHA. Uh, the, la- <laughs> the ladders also are very difficult to use as many actually overhang the chamber below. Hmm. Ooh. Jeez. Scary. They want to make so sure kinda... you're not too eager for knowledge. <laughs> well, or that you really, really want it. Yeah. I have a pretty far reach. Yeah. I have a ring of feather fall. I have a climb speed. <laughs> I have a fly spell. <clears throat> to be fair, if you're a proper Nethian wizard, you just fly up here and get yeah. your stuff. It's true. Or mage hand it down to yourself or I something. I can do that. I have yeah. mage hand. Some of the tomes would be too heavy for it, but many of the scrolls you could easily retrieve with a mage hand. But I guess we'd start our find a place to start our research. Oh, right. So settling in, beginning to start your research, you may roll. The entire party may roll knowledge local, knowledge history, or knowledge nobility gaining a plus two bonus for this. If anyone does not have one of those skills, but still wants to aid, you may also aid with a climb check. Oh. Being the person that can actually ascend up and retrieve books for the rest of the party. (laughs) Okay. I'll do that. History it is. Okay. Sugar can make a check, I guess. She has nobility. Are we all trying to aid one person or are we... I mean, that's up to you. You can try to aid one person and try to get them up to a high enough bonus that they're effectively, quote unquote, critically in the library, or you can try to both split up, aid a different person, and then do Onuris is the primary, Hollis is the primary, Sudi and Citra aid, and then hope that you'll get two successes. Do we have to aid with the same skill, or can I roll local to help her with history? Yes. You can You can roll any of those three skills to attempt to aid another. Okay. I, I have a have... nine in both nobility and history. 
Um, I have an 11 history and a 10 local. And then the chicken has a 5 nobility. For for your own edification, the knowledge that you gain is identical to, regardless of what skill you use. Yeah, so I'm just going to roll history. I'm, I'm going to just aid with climb checks. Sugar's just going to aid me. Yeah, I'll aid. Are we all aiding one person? Or? Oh, I guess I'll aid Hollis. I think two is good. Yeah, you want to okay, aid, I'll aid on you. yours? Yeah. Okay. So on yours and Citra, they have history working together and everything else. So they're used to this library. Although again, work together, c- even though c- you're not happy. Citra <laughs> repaired and illuminated tomes and did touch-ups. And on yours was in the intake section for artifacts. Neither of you actually put up stuff on the stacks <laughs> on the second shelf and possibly. Again, you're looking at a a 60-foot drop, which means the average damage would kill a first-level person. Well, she's got a ring of feather fall. Yeah, to be fair, though, most 60-foot falls would kill most people. Would kill most people. But, Anne, we're doing this whole, like, we'll make them talk to each other. Although, as uh, as Citra may inform the group and possibly try to, uh, you know, solace their fears, the library's curators do actually tend to fall in characters free of charge. (laughs) That's good, I guess. (laughs) That's nice. Is that like a liability thing? Like Provided that the fall does not kill them outright. Oh, yeah, no raises. Yep. Do you have a ring of feather fall, though? Yeah. I'm good. I forgot to mention the waiver that you signed when you walked in. <laughs> <laughs> wow, right, the library is so, so dangerous, you have to sign a waiver. <laughs> uh, you cannot take 10 on these, so go ahead and have right. everyone roll their skill checks. Ooh, good one. All right, sugar aids. Uh, I believe I, I aid, aid with a 22 climb check. And we get a plus two for the library? And the library gives you an additional plus two. Okay. Okay, so... I get a 28. And on yours, gets a 29. In addition to that, Sudi, you were able to, of course, aid with climb checks. Everyone else was still having to retrieve books and do things like that over the course of the day. So I will also need a climb check from everyone else attempting a skill... Or attempting one of the knowledge checks. I will go ahead and throw this out here. And you can decide one, one way or the other. If you want to, the librarians would not be opposed if you removed your armor and set it on a table Can I just somewhere. cast a fly spell? Mm, yeah, I would say a fly spell would last long enough. Okay, then I just cast fly. Okay. Screw so it. So make sure to mark off the spell because you've used that spell. Can Hollis stay in my bag? Or not Hollis, I'm Hollis. Can Sugar <laughs> stay in my bag? Uh, well, this is for the possibility of falling off, and I believe chickens can glide if they're falling. Yeah, they have drift. She can technically fly. She just has to land. Yeah. So even if she, I don't think she can really help you so much as, you know, she could go up there and I guess pull out with her beak a scroll or something and bring it down to you. Yeah. Having familiars help people is not something that's odd to the Church of Nethys. That's fair. So I will need a climb check then from both Hollis and Citra. Hollis gets an eight, but she has Featherfall that she can cast if she needs to. Uh, Citra gets a 16. Uh, so Citra has no problems. Plus, I think you have a ring of Featherfall anyway. Although, <laughs> yep. potentially, uh, some of these shelves actually, some of the shelves stretch up nearly to the dome. So there's a possibility that you might be falling up to 90 feet, at which point it'd be beyond your Featherfall. Uh, however, you do not fall. At one point, however, during the day, Hollis does, uh, uh, requiring that you burn through your feather fall and then climb back up the ladder to get back. You know, there's, sure kind there's of, a moment where we're all like, oh, no. Everyone's like, oh, no. And then the chicken goes flying. <laughs> it's like, we're fine. Feather fall. <laughs> <laughs> you grab onto the chicken and descend down like Link. <laughs> no. Yeah. There, there's a sharp like intake of breath from the other scholars in the, the chamber as they're like, <gasps> oh, wait, uh, wizard. Wizard. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's fine. Not a, not a priest. Wizard. <laughs> They should be giving out these rings of feather fall. Like when you come in, it's like for safety measures, have a ring of feather fall. You think the Church of Nethys cares? They don't care. No. But I'm saying if they were it's, good people, they would. You should be able to use your own magic to help yourself. Well, and if you don't have gifted with that, man. Don't give people that don't have magic. magic. <laughs> <laughs> Just splash one level of wizard so I can take feather fall. See, there you go. What's Sudi's intelligence? Uh, a 10. So, no. <laughs> what, what's your charisma? 
Uh, a 10. Oh. Wisdom? No. Featherfall's not in Wisdom, I've any... got a 16. Yeah, you so, take maybe a so you would either sword. be a good wizard or sorcerer. You could take a level of either and have cantrips. Yeah, but not first level spells. <laughs> but not first level spells. So uh, no feather Put ball for me. Ranks. I was not gifted with smartness or Put a bunch of ranks and use magic device, and there you go. That's true. And that's how Citra does. Yeah, fair. So Onurus and Hollis both need to roll me a D8 plus your intelligence modifier plus one. Okay. Three plus six plus one, so ten. And Onurus gets a seven. Seventeen total. All right. All of you spend the entire day from sunrise to sunset scouring through here. Uh, you all get to stop at some point and go and have uh, lunch with Citra's parents who, you know, your father comes down as you watch him nervously, just kind of like elbowing Hollis, like you got another feather fall, right? Just, oh, just... I can do that for a minute. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Tell your dad to stop. Father makes his way down the complicated interconnection of different <gasps> shelves and scaffolding and <laughs> such until he gets down to the bottom. And then uh, all of you step out. You get stamps on your hands that will let you back in. Yay. No. Not actually. <laughs> oh, sad. No, they give you little stickers. No. Uh, you make your way out and then can go and, uh, and eat in the city and then return back later on that day. Yeah, I'm sure they don't want us eating in their oh, uh, yeah. super secret library. There's no food in the library. Yep. On yours, after thorough searching, you make your way around. This place is, for those of you who are of a more intellectual bent, which I'm going to say is everyone but Sudi. Yep, I mean... Um, Sudi does appreciate a good... A nice workout. I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a good workout. I'm I'm getting my uh, my steps in. Well, no, I'm saying, like, he probably also intellectually appreciates the aesthetics of this building. Oh, and the sure, rest of yeah. That. But it's a lot of... It's a lot of reading, which Sudi's not necessarily already great at, and it's also a lot of reading in various much older writing at some point. Some of this is in Osirian. Some of this is in ancient Osirian. Some of this is in middle Osirian, which is almost the most difficult because it's a hybrid of the two languages. Mm -hmm. However, you do get an opportunity to appreciate a number of things here. Beyond the tens of thousands of books, maps, scrolls, tomes, other objects, you can see there's a shadowy corner here reserved for wax tablets. Uh, another area for hieroglyph carved stone slabs. There's a map of the world that's almost 50 square feet, which hangs Whoa. along one wall, dated back that effectively or encompasses the entirety of the northern the northern section of Garun, and it maps out on that portion of the map where the nation of Osirian was then, as well as all of these ancient nations that you haven't even heard of. The yeah. Shori, the Jiska Imperium, all of these ones that you don't even know what these were. Interesting. Um, listing on there like the ruins of Aslant and the ruins of ancient Thassalon and all the rest of those. Cool. One section of the chamber even contains a three-dimensional scale model of the entire city of Tefu, which reminds you a lot of the one that you saw of Wati down in the Sepulchre of the Servant. And uh, yeah, the one that we uh, went kaiju on. And a little bit of the one of the diorama that you saw in the tomb of Akintepi. Mm. There's a theme here. They like their dioramas. It's true. The entirety of this thing is more than 20 feet long and 15 feet wide. Wow. It's impressive. Is that like Tefu as it was or Tefu as it is? It seems to be Tefu as it was because there's a couple of things that you're like, I would have recognized this if I'd seen this, you know, monolithically tall obelisk or something yeah. that you're just kind of looking at that. And it's like, if I'd seen this, I would have recognized this. Okay. But on yours, after searching for a while, you do finally find something that piques your interest. A papyrus scroll that you kind of take down, you unfurl. You've gone through a number of them up until this point. This is six hours in. I'll go ahead and uh, I'll hand this off to you. Yay. Handouts. Handouts. It's like I'm sort of prepared. <laughs> Do you wave your companions over? Yes. Everyone crowds around on your... It's time for a huddle. 
This scroll talks about Ahakatep. By name? Mm. And it calls him the Sky Pharaoh and accounts his ability to ride the stars at night. <laughs> what does that mean? He has some sort of magical ability to fly at night. And there's an illustration. Oh. Illustration? Looking at this, at the bottom of this, the scroll contains an illustration of the Sky Pharaoh. A figure standing upon a dais surrounded by glass and crystal. Anyone that ha- our wishes may make me a perception check. Oh. Okay. Anyone that also wishes may then uh, make me a knowledge arcana. <laughs> hey, 19 perception. Okay. That's a 19 on the dice for Hollis. <laughs> and a 28 uh, knowledge arcana. Sudi rolls a 15, the minus four for sight. That's a 25. Okay. A sure another net 20. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. And a 31 of perception. Nice. Okay. And what else could I roll? Knowledge arcana. arcana. And I rolled an 11, so that would be a 20 on arcana. Okay. On yours, it's a 25 on perception. So the party kind of huddles in, the four of your heads looking down. A chicken kind of pops up from between all of you and looks down. <laughs> I think the uh, I think on Hertz hanging out outside. Yeah, I don't think they'd let the Falcon, who's not a familiar, come into this building. Nope. Yeah. Sudi, you kind of cock your head. You're looking at this. You haven't dealt with a lot of paper over the years. You're not much one for the book reading. It's true. But you can kind of tell an interesting perspective here. This this drawing isn't crude, but it's it's done in the traditional Assyrian fashion. The features are not proportionate. All the men are given this inverted triangle, broad shoulders, thin waist, <laughs> disproportionate teeny, tiny legs. Yeah, teeny tiny legs. You skipped uh, leg day, man. Yeah. <laughs> not a good idea. But there's something curious about the way that they design his feet. Is it Wayne Reynolds? <laughs> it's, we went two very different directions there. <laughs> it's almost like they're not standing, as if his depiction here is of him floating. Oh. Surrounded he's, by these crystals. He's got overland flight. <laughs> Uh, probably, yeah. Citra, you look at this, uh, and your your years of training with the scribes, your your spent here working with restorations. You take off your. Uh, I don't know if you wear gloves. No, not really. No, okay. So you kind of trace your fingers along this, as on yours neglected to mention six thousand year old scroll. Ooh. There are indentations here. You, know, you kind of wait for a second. You you dig around, probably in your thieves kit, where you have a variety of different tools and items and such that you Too use. Bad. You sprinkle a small amount of sand on the page. You gently brush that around. As the sand settles, settles down in the small indentations left over by the quill scratching in this, and you can see where the ink has worn away. As you brush this you know, gently off to the side, Onyris getting a look like, oh God, what are you doing to this artifact? <laughs> Onyris has a, starts to have a heart attack. Sudi looking nervously over his shoulder towards librarians. <laughs> So Sudi's doing his best to look like broad to like provide cover. Yeah, he puffs up as much as he can. There you go. You can note that these crystals, this dais, they are in fact floating. Yet somehow you can tell that these actually seem to be part of a vast temple that somehow sits in the night sky. What? <laughs> a floating temple. Well, that would make sense if he considers himself the sky pharaoh. But what would it take to actually do that? Ask the Nethian. <laughs> With the 28 Nalter Kana, <laughs> you've heard of something like this. You you know it, but you can't place it. Hmm. It's almost as if you missed the DC by two. <laughs> <laughs> so can close. sugar help me? <laughs> sugar aids another. I mean, she could if she has Nalter Kana, she can roll it separately, but. 
Oh. Perfect 20. <laughs> Chicken <laughs> nose. <laughs> uh, that gives her a 24. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, wait, she would have so. aided you. That would have been plus me. two. No. Dang it. No, she didn't. But she uh, would have. You can, you can attempt to research it again. Uh, she got a perfect 20. This we'll looks to... awfully familiar to me. You know, I think I've heard about old magic something like this. This is something... I feel like I know what this should be, but I can't quite recall what it is. Something about this type of magic. Interesting. Yeah, that's all you really find pertaining towards that. Forbidden knowledge. Hollis, as everyone kind of goes about their own way, uh, yours pulls over this for a little while longer. You do find something useful as well. Oh, yay. An obscure index compiled by a previous curator of the library. Before he disappeared? Probably. <laughs> this lists a scroll referencing Hakatep. Oh. As one of many that were copied from the personal library of the, quote, Sky Pharaoh. This collection of scrolls is held in a part of the Great Library's inner sanctum called the Spiral Archive. Of course. Described as a chamber resembling a vertical scroll tube crossed by a lattice work of papyrus bridges. That's kind of cool looking in my mind, but dang it. All right, well, I got good news and I got bad news. I guess we should start with the bad news. That's a weird perspective. Uh, the bad news is I think we might want to be visiting that spiral archive. No one's allowed in there. Not without the Hathia's permission, right? The good news is that it appears that there is a scroll about Hakatep, but more importantly, possibly more than one scroll copied from the personal library of the Sky Pharaoh in the spiral chamber. But we can't get in this battle chamber. Well, perhaps I can go to the temple and speak my way through and up until I can get myself some permission. I am part of the church, whether or not I am from Tefu. It's going to take you a long time to get a meeting with the Hatia, especially if she's as busy as this rumor seemed to say she is. Yeah, well, can't know till we try. Mm. I mean, I don't see any other option, really. Can anyone else get us into there? Does it have to be from the Hatia? Kelru is the assistant to the Hatia, so maybe Kelru. It's whether or not we think we can trust Kelru. Uh, true, right? <clears throat> he may have given us a warning, but that was probably more of a life debt sort of thing. That is a good question, Heather. Go ahead and make me a knowledge nobility. 22. There is only one alternative. Deca Onherit, the Hatia of the city, must grant you permission. However, she is a loyal subject of the Ruby Prince. And as his appointed representative in Tefu, she must obey any orders given to her by him. Hmm. However, Her Excellency Mamanafra of Sothis acts with all the authority of the Pharaoh. Do we know where Basra was going in the city? Do I know anything about... Oh, no, we already know. Yeah, where's Mamanafra, like, hanging out? You know that Mamanafra, you were already informed uh, earlier by me. She's hanging out in the Pharaoh's palace. The palace of Reeds. Yeah. But where was Basra going? She didn't mention Dang. We could go and seek an audience with her. Oh, we would need some sort of introduction. We can't just walk up to her. If we could find... No, you can. There were people There's a line. line of people going up there yeah, to petition yeah. an audience with her. You'd have to get in a line. Who wants to draw straws? I mean, I do not mind waiting in a line. You could feasibly do both if you wanted to go sign up for a meeting with the governess yourself. I mean, on your... I guess it would still be governor. I think governess is technically a different term. That's a different thing, yeah. yeah. So the governor. The governor herself. I mean, on yours, we'll go talk to Mom and Afra. He knows about the nobility and all of that stuff. 
Yeah, I mean, the only connection think, that, like, Sudi has with that is the li- is the living monoliths are supposed to be loyal to the pharaohs. I think Mom and Offer is the safer choice because we did get that whole big warning about the Hatia. Yeah, I don't uh, know. Yeah, we got, like, it, big red letters, danger, warning, uh-huh. this is going to go bad if you talk to her. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, Septi did advise us to avoid her if we could at all costs. Well, we actually heard them be like, and not too much knowledge, like... What else is in that spiral... It's um, just supposed to be an archive of the greatest knowledge of the Church of Nethos. Well, perhaps I could have an alternative reason for wanting to be in there. Is it possible for us to maybe do some more research, figure out if there's anything else we need while we're in there? It's possible we may need more than just this to piece it all together. Maybe one more day researching in here and then try to get the audience, or...? Uh, I will tell you that saying that you're having this conversation probably at the end of the day, as you're leaving the... Probably under her little fun spell again. Yeah. Oh, I can't do um, that because I prepared a feather fall. Oh. It takes two spell slots. Sad. Because it's an illusion spell. Well, then never mind. Assuming that you're having this conversation at the end of the day... Probably then, outside of the room. Yeah. Like, we're not yeah. doing um, You effectively spend another two hours searching after you determine that scroll's location. You are fairly confident that there is no more information that you can garner from the library here. So then I think tomorrow we should try to get an audience with Mom and Afra. I'd rather avoid the Nethians as much as possible. No offense, but these ones are strange and we have had numerous warnings. They definitely don't seem to want us there. It's true, but going above her head like this will cause more ill will. Yeah. I honestly don't care about that as long as we get in and get what we need and I leave. mean, she'd be a fool to go against the Ruby Prince. He's far more powerful than one governor. I that think depends. there's a lot more at play here. Yeah, that depends on Maybe. if she is a very simple follower of Nethys or if she has other intentions and follows a alternative to our current pharaoh. Oh, that would be a very dangerous game to play, to be a ruler of a city who wants if, to be a traitor. If we speak mm-hmm. with the governor, she's going, to have to ask, she's going to ask us why we want access. Mm-hmm. If we have permission from the ruby prince, she can't stop us. It's we don't true. have to volunteer anything. Well, we're going to have to tell Mom and Afra as well. She's going to want to know why. I'd rather uh, tell Mom and Afra than the High Priestess. Well, that's why I was thinking if I had an alternative reason for wanting to get into that. Such area. as? I don't know. Such as curses. Perhaps curses unlike which I have ever seen that... Follow a family down through generations? Yeah. Yes, but that line also leads us back to the Sky Pharaoh. Oh. Not if I don't mention the family. The curse itself is interesting. I mean, given the way that the histories have been altered to remove the Sky Pharaoh from most of the books here... Yes, but the record the- of her curse was still in the temple back in Watsi. Mm. It was Dejerit the Second that technically laid down the curse. It's going to lead back to the same source. Mm. Well, I don't know that. So I just feel that. like the widest, wisest course of action is to avoid the High Priestess at all costs. We were given a warning by Sebti... I was not given any such warning. Let's just say mm-hmm. that she is someone to be trusted with very sound judgment, <laughs> and she seemed to not trust the Hatia at all. I do not trust the Hatia at all. I am just saying that it is a possibility. Possibility, but I mean, there is a chance if we go to Mamanafra and get permission to go into the spiral that we don't even need to deal with the Hatia at all. The Hatia will have to provide you the... the we will have to yes. deal with her. Yeah. No, yes, but I mean, but like, we won't as busy of a woman as she is, is she really going to look at every single thing that comes through? I mean, how many yes. people request 
going in there. If you come to her and you say, I have permission from the Pharaoh to go into here and I did not even consider talking to you, she will be very curious about what it is we look at while uh, we are in that's there. That's true. And she will have eyes. She's going to have eyes on us either way. But if she thinks she knows what we're looking for... Do you think you're skilled enough to lie to her? No, but I don't know if anybody in this party is. Uh, <laughs> absolutely isn't. No, none of us have very high ranks in bluff. But and bluff. Everyone looks at that lion rogue over there. But it would have to... Yeah. to she's the only one that could get the audience... Yeah. Or Hollis is the only one that could get the audience, but if... There is an alternative in addition to that. Remember that, uh, Septi, did you write you a writ of introduction in case you needed to use it to go and speak to the governor? Yeah, but I just I don't. But at that point, this. you yeah. would know that you were working with the Church of Prasma in Wati. So it wouldn't yeah. be a lie to be looking for that curse because I mean I'm. Well, does the writ certain. say specifically what we're going to look for? The writ, the one the, from Septi. We got from Septi. No, I don't know. It, it is a letter of introduction from Septi saying stating that you are representatives of the Church of. Phrasma and the Grand Muslim. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah. they, they won't want an external organization there is bad blood interfering, there. yeah. Mm. I just feel like we shouldn't approach the governess, the governor, unless it's the last possible resort. Because if we have permission from the pharaoh to enter, if she asks us what we're researching, we don't have to answer, and she's still obligated to let us in. But then we're under scrutiny. We're under scrutiny either way. Well, we may all need to be under scrutiny right now, oh, depending sure on maybe. if Kelru said that we're here and told the Hatia. Which we don't but know. But we don't know for yeah, sure. That's what I'm saying. They will definitely know if we try to go around them. Mm. There's not really a good approach to this, no, unfortunately. No, there's not. Now I'm putting my faith in Septi, and she seemed to think we should avoid the governor. Mm, I tend to think the same. Granted, Mama Nafra is a unknown person. We don't know how she's going to react. Depending on what she's here for and the ins and outs of the politics, she may not even care why we want in. It may just Possible. be a, you do something for me and I'll give you this writ. Which may be just fine if she just doesn't want to be involved. So the question is, so say we get the permission from Mama Nafra, and we get in there, we find this research. What if it leads to another dead end? And then are we going to be able to stay in the city or is it going to be too dangerous? That's why I wanted to look at everything that's here. And maybe do another day of research. I don't think there there's much nothing. more the library is going to give us. We mm. have to get into the spiral. Mm. Question is, also, do we want to try and split up to draw attention away? Or is that too dangerous? I think that might be too dangerous. That's it didn't my, work that's very my well worry, but I was thinking we do have Hollis, who has not been, no offense, but part of the group since before we came here. And so she's less conspicuous. Well, oh, you're conspicuous in your own way, no offense. Yeah, but not in the same way. Well, the Nethians are going to trust, distrust any <clears throat> outsiders equally. Yes. Mm -hmm. I just didn't know if we could use that to advantage somehow, but I don't think we can. I think splitting up would make it easier for them to... Make one of us disappear. Yes. <laughs> so given the issues we had in Wati with splitting up and going our own way to try to be more efficient, I don't think it's worth the risk. I was just... Trying to brainstorm. Yeah. I think we all need to go to Mama Nafra. Because, I mean, we have two former employees of Temple. As a student, not an employee. I mean, yeah. We've got the Nethian from Sothis to give you a little bit of... Credence. Somebody from Nethis' Temple. And then you have me. And I can play the living monolith card if you I have to. You are the representative from... Charisma. Uh, I could do that too. So, but, I have... But no, that's what you are. Yeah, I mean, I'm that too. <laughs> You are the voice of the spire. I am a voice of the spire. Am I A or the? 
Well, outside of Wati, you're representing the voice of the spire. Cool. Come on, you the are the last eye of Raw, the voice Kantar, of the spire. The last eye of Raw, the voice of the spire. <sighs> I've got titles for days. We should man. still play <laughs> as close to the chest as we can. Just tell Mom and Offer we need access to the spiral, and answer the questions without giving as much information. True. I mean, I'm only saying we give out the information if it seems like we're not going to get that way. If only we could level up. I could put a crap ton of skill ranks in bluff. Yeah, me too. Uh, It's one of those things where I I don't know if bluffing would actually, like, come back to bite us versus just trying to be... We're doing this to save Osirian, ideally, like, so we can kind of play the... We're saviors of the people, you know. But she is always scheming, and she has been given this position to keep an eye on her. And we know from the rumors that they're at odds. She may simply ask us to do something in exchange for the writ. Which seems fine and reasonable. Depending on what that is. Well, of course, depending on what that is. But tomorrow, I think we should try to get an audience with her. Hmm. Okay. I mean, that seems reasonable. Let's hope we don't also need... Bahatia's blessing at any point. Mm. Well, uh, what's the phrase? Cross that bridge when we come to it? Well, I think you burn the bridge. Yes, huh? that would definitely be just lighting it up. So we'll swim. From everything we've heard about the Hatia and my own experiences at the temple, I'm not sure that's necessarily a bad thing. Mm. You do not want a powerful wizard to hate you. I know that's for a fact. She wi- <laughs> wait, she a wizard or a priest? I thought she was high priestess. She could be either. She's a mystic theurge. This In is the Church of Nethys. There's no difference between an arcane or divine caster. Oh, I'm a priest true. of Nethys yeah. technically, but I'm a wizard. Yeah, I guess it's true. Wizard. All magic serves Nethys. But now I say we get some dinner. Sounds good. So the the four of you set off. You make your way back through the city streets. Retire to the inn. Get your dinner for the evening. Pay your, uh, what is it, five gold pieces? Yep. Whose turn is it to pay for fi- the five gold? Uh, I think mine. Tefu's going to nickel and dime you to death. Seems that way. Who's uh, Sporting Hollis? Me. Okay. Uh, Sudi is very kind. Sudi is a is a too kind. I can teach you something. What do you want to learn? Everything. Uh, I have a lot of languages. Teach him to read better. Yeah, I do need to read better. What do you want to read? Well, okay, mechanically, things like brown can... bear, brown bear. What do you? He can read brown bear. Brown. <laughs> he can read that. He needs help with like understanding like the lingos and the technical jargon and stuff. Okay. Hollis tutors you. Yay! It has no game purpose, but it makes me feel good. I could teach you a language that you don't know if you're really interested. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to put any more ranks in uh, linguistics. I, I do not have any. I'm a I'm a living monolith. I'm two plus intelligence, so um, I'm, I'm like a fighter, not skillful. I can also teach you about knowledges. Teach me more about history. Okay, will do. You can tell me stories of the old days in your rocking chair. Yes. With your pipe. I don't have a pipe, but yes. Anyone that wishes to during the uh, evening may also make me a knowledge local. I don't have that. Oh, wow. That was almost another net 20, but it wasn't. I got a 25. <laughs> I only got a 14. <laughs> it was almost a natural 20. Well, because it was right next to it. Like, it was oh, about okay. to be the 20, and then it just <laughs> rolled right over to that, too. And I was like, dang it. Okay. So, you know, Onuris has already informed the party pertaining towards what he knows of her are the most excellent Bominofra. Her family's long connection to the family of the Ruby Prince. The fact that she was basically raised alongside the current reigning pharaoh. Uh, and is a close personal friend of the pharaoh himself. Onuris more or less knows all of the, the pedigree and everything else that comes with the knowledge nobility there. What 
Hollis knows pertaining towards this. You know some about the fierce reputation that Mamanofra has in Sothis and throughout the Sphinx River Basin. She is a woman of great appetite pertaining towards one, just life in general. She lives life to excess, uh, as well as many people say power. You know that uh, stories abound of the dreadful fate suffered by those who displease her, including rumors of feeding them to crocodiles in the River Sphinx. You should bring her some of that fancy date wine. However, tales are also told of Mamanofra's generosity, such as a poet she showered in gold after he pleased her with a particularly beautiful poem, or the young slave she made noble after the girl ran a hundred miles to pick a rare flower for her. Wow. A hundred miles? Uh, from what you understand, fickle would probably be the key word for her. Yeah. Most of what you understand is fickle, vain, and kind of self-serving. I mean, as long as our interests align, I guess we can use that. Do I know what flower it was? No. You, in fact, don't even know if it was a true story or not. Right. Just that's I mean, the that sounds like an heard. insane story, because 100 miles? Probably more like 10, but they exaggerate. Yeah. I mean, even running 10 miles for one flower is insane. Yep. So what you generally know, however, is that she is a courtier for the the noble courts, but you probably can't just go in there and expect to talk business. Mm. It's going to be one of those. She's a noble that needs to be buttered up and dealt with in probably your most diplomatic manner. So. Oh, boy. We definitely need to get some of this fancy date wine. (laughs) (laughs) Figure out how to butter her up. I have a pretty good diplomacy. So does Onuris. I don't. So does Citra. Like, I can automatically aid anybody. I don't know what the highest in the party is. I mean, I'll roll to try to aid, but I make no guarantees. <laughs> Onuris has a 14. Mine's 11. Mine's also an 11. Go Onuris. <laughs> I think it is important to think about how we want to approach Mamanafra. She is fickle in that she is like a lot of nobles where... Flattery will get you far, but make a misstep and she will feed you to the crocodiles. I would rather not become crocodile food. So we cannot just approach and ask for our favor. We must first make her feel as though we appreciate her noble, awe-inspiring beauty or whatever. Make it out like it's her idea. No, not necessarily. It just needs to be... She needs to know that we appreciate her as a person and that she is a great noble woman, etc., before we talk about business, it's very impolite. So kiss her feet a little bit. Yes, but not literally unless she asks. Well, I'll leave that phrase. to you, Sudi. Do I have to? <laughs> Having some sort of gift wouldn't be the worst idea. Uh, I don't know about that. We don't really have a whole lot. They have some really good wine here. We could bring some wine. Better than nothing. Do we know anything else that, like, appeals to her? Is like a... Be- their well, stories. Or- the stories surrounding her mostly, she does seem to be a patroness of the arts. She likes- as far as like music and poetry <gasps> and all that's concerned. Why don't they paint her something? Well, you don't have a lot of time to do that. Unless you had something in reserve. Uh, not exactly. I mean, I was working on that 10 minute picture for a while, so. I don't think she'll care for that. It would take you about seven days to craft a, oh. a quality painting. Yeah. yeah. We don't have seven days. Nope, definitely don't. <laughs> So, yeah. Any other ideas? <laughs> you could pull out that poem about a... Uh, oh, God, My no. love is like a horse racing across the battle. Oh, <laughs> no. no. And yeah, who's going to read that to her? Not yours. it. No. Not no, it. No, no, no. Who, who has the best untrained perform check? 
probably on yours. Probably on yours. <laughs> on yours. Give us your best dramatic reading. You're a noble. You learned poetry, right? I, I think that's how we helped. Uh, oh my god, I can't remember his name. A monopterous. And we can bring her some wine and just see how things go. There's not really much else we can do. <laughs> so uh, if you want a good bottle of wine here, it's going to be 50 gold pieces. Jesus, why is everything so expensive? <laughs> it's, it's, it's the cost of living in NYC here. Yeah. Jesus. The cost of living in Tefu is much higher than Wati. All right. Remember when you were renting like hotel rooms for a week for like five gold pieces? Yeah, yeah those were the yeah. good old days. Now we've leveled up and moved to a new city, and suddenly everything's more expensive. Does anything happen in the night, or are we we okay to sleep? No, uh, Falto returns. You guys have a, a good evening chatting with him and talking about stuff and getting ready for your own excursion. How did his expedition go? Uh, so far, it's pretty good. He's still you know chatting up people and trying to get some information, and effectively spent the day bar hopping and talking to you know old salt mercenaries that worked on the caravan trails and all the rest of that. He seemed to have enjoyed himself for the day. I'm sure he did. Oh. Yeah. He can make you a nice list of all the best L, various drinking establishments and L houses in the city. Goodness. <laughs> the evening passes. The sun sets, the sun rises. All of you eat the following morning. Have your quick breakfast. And then go wait in line. What day is it? It is the 15th of Gozer and it is a toil day. Toil day. If only it was oath day. It's true. The four of you gather together. You uh, pack up your various weapons and armor and all the rest of that stuff. Gotta look impressive. On yours, mm-hmm. go ahead and make me a, uh, a knowledge and ability check. Knowledge and ability, that's gonna be a 22. Very well. Uh, with the 22, I will just go ahead and mention this. Just a reminder that if you are going to go and speak to the ability and you are not wearing courtier's clothing, then you will take a minus two penalty on all charisma based skill checks we while attempting to, to deal with them because shopping. you're horribly get... underdressed for this situation. Uh, let's all go get blinged <laughs> out. How much is an actual noble, noble's outfit? So, well, real quick, all of you pack up. You make your way off into the uh, the fine streets of Tefu. And on yours is like, we have to go shopping. Yep. <laughs> um, time for a shopping montage. Yep. We kick in the shopping montage music. Dun, 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 dun. All of you make your way off. It starts playing the dramatic shopping music. You guys start There's hitting up There's dramatic shopping music. Yep. Right of the Valkyries, but Shop. for shopping. Oh, my God. The curtains part, and, like, Onuris walks out looking splendid, and Sudi walks out looking awful. Yep. Why? Who knows? Because Sudi's <laughs> never, ha- like, worn nice clothing ever, so well, he has why, no idea. Why would that make you look awful? You're trying to make it out like the people would not dress you. I mean, I guess. They would totally dress you if you were going to be buying a noble's outfit. But don't you have to, like, try on stuff and, like, see what makes you look good? And, like, oh, this clashes with my eyes and, like, stuff like that? I. Oh! oh. <laughs> Put it in the jar that we don't yeah. have. You need a nicer looking eye patch, too. <laughs> I, I well, get, like, one that's, like, the... Falto bought him several. Yeah, you, got, you do have a variety of eye yeah. patches, so... I get, I get one that's got, like, some gold thread in it. So here is how this is going to work, just going through that. Uh, all of you can spend the morning going shopping. Effectively, this would take up your morning until more or less noon. Uh, how much is a courtier's outfit and required bling? So for those of you who want a courtier's outfit, it is 30 gold pieces Okay. to get a fine courtier's outfit. That will make you look like an upjump peasant. Oh, okay. I, I think we want to If you spend the 50 additional gold pieces for bling, you will then look the part. All right, so we're going for 80. How much is a noble's outfit? A noble's outfit. Do we want mm-hmm. her to take us seriously? Well, he is, is a noble. 
75 gold pieces. Uh-huh. And a bunch of bling. You would also probably need jewelry worth about 100 gold to outfit your, uh, to accentuate your outfit as well. Oof. So I that, will be a courtier, please. So that's 100 and what for the noble's outfit? Uh, 175. Yeah. All right. I will go the 175 for a noble's outfit because I need every bonus I can get with my 10 charisma. <laughs> Well, keep in mind that the noble's outfit does not grant you an additional bonus beyond the courtier's outfit. No, but it makes us look nicer. Yeah. But for Sudi, he would... I don't know if... uh, It would almost be like going in there and dressed to the nines as nobility, and people would probably ask you what catfolk nobility family you belong to, as opposed to, like, I just look like a really nice... It's whether or not you want to be on par with Onyurus's blinging golden self, or if you want to kind of appear as more part of his entourage. Ugh. I have an entourage. I don't really want to be part of his entourage, <laughs> but I guess that makes more sense. Cause I'm also like, I'm kind of a rough looking cat. Like, not going to lie. I'm like missing an eye. I've got like some, you know, parts missing out of my face. And go stuff. with me. I'm just going to buy a very fancy looking Nethus outfit. I'm going to go be a courtier. Now, I also will go ahead and you throw this out money. there. I look at you and I blink my eyelashes at you. Bat them. I'm taken. I'm not into cats. <laughs> <laughs> then why are you making those faces, that I, those eyes at me? Because I also... Wait, why am I switching to a southern voice? <laughs> <laughs> because what were a, you going to mention, Rick? I have no money. You can put it on my tab. Your tab is approaching triple digits. Well, if we ever actually knock someone out and reloot their pockets, I will pay it back. <laughs> oh, goodness. I had to buy chicken feed. Do you know how much chicken feed is? Like nothing. But you have to have a lot of it. They sell it by the by the sack. <laughs> like you just buy a sack of feed. You tell Sugar she has to eat the generic bulk stuff and see how you like it. What does she want? Free-range organic birdseed? Of course. Is it technically everything free-range organic in this time period? And also Shh. she lacks meat. You and your facts on yours. Because <laughs> chickens, they eat meat also. Wait, what? They're omnivores. Wait, seriously? I thought chicken They'll eat rats and stuff that get yeah. in the chicken coop. Oh. Yeah. They're intense. I did not know that, not gonna lie. Sugar, like, eyes you angrily. The more you know. <laughs> I stick with black and white as my color theme. Uh, Sudi probably sticks with black. Uh, do I want to do, like, the... Well, are they... Do they They were red here for the in the voices of the Inquisitors right? do, yeah. White and red, yeah. Yeah, so I guess I'll do, the. I'll do like, white and red. Such is going for the classic, like, white linen look. She okay. just went for the courtier's outfit. Nice and clean. On yours? On yours would be wearing the whites and the blues for Horace. Okay. And then the gold jewelry. I'll throw this one last thing out there, whether or not any of you would be interested. Tefu does also have a very nice bathhouse. <laughs> we should probably bath before we go and, like, look clean. Uh, a standard bath is, like, five silver pieces to just go into okay, the public, all right. At least the it was public the bathing or anything. However, um, if you do want to get the fancy brushed out your hair, properly waxed and oiled, uh, perfumed and such, that will be ten gold pieces and will grant you a plus one charisma bonus for the next six hours. On yours is going to do that because apparently I'm the face person. Hollis looks at Sudi <laughs> and that's Dang it. Has. <laughs> Add ten more gold. I want to join in the bonding experience. <laughs> <laughs> Cue the spa montage of Sudi just being like, oh, God, why, why are you putting wax in that? That's not where that goes. Yeah, Falto meets you all for lunch and then hangs out the the bathhouse and everything. It's like, man, this is nice. Uh, Hollis is overly comfortable being naked. No. Ah. <laughs> ah. Elf. Yep. It's like you get over things after your first century. Don't they have, like, male and female sides to this? Or is this, like, all No, one? it's unisex. Okay, then. 
The Egyptians didn't have a big hang-up on that either. I guess that's true. Sudi is covered in fur. You get brushed real good. It's like they get that, def- oh, what is yeah. it, the Furminator out? <laughs> <laughs> get that they take out the undercoat. Yeah, there you go. There's enough I'm hair silky. besides Sudi to make another Sudi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm silky and smooth. Then we go get in line. Yes, you all... You show up there while the tailors are finishing, getting your, your clothing properly trimmed and fitted, and you go over to the bathhouse, and you get all you know, showered up, and they, for those of you who have hair, you get the, the nice, like, oil perfume for your hair, and on yours gets a, you know, nice shave from a professional barber here to make sure he doesn't have any stubble left over, and Sudi gets ferminated, <laughs> and, you know, well brushed out. Even the chicken gets a little bit of her plumage checked. Um, that's just on her if he wants to come. On her it will come. They lightly perfume the birds. Nice. That's weird. On yours, his noble outfit comes with thick leather gloves and everything, so he can walk in and have a falcon dramatically on his arm. Nice. Uh, no, you <laughs> He's need walking to do around thing. with one arm you up the whole You're coming through the door, and there's like a... <laughs> and he holds his arm out, and like on her it like lands dramatically and regally. Yes. It would be good. I want this. She goes, give me that bird. This suddenly just no. became an Old Spice commercial oh, with Terry Crews rides in on a horse holding a falcon. I have a falcon. Oh, man. Does your man have a falcon? Have you Does seen the behind the scenes of how they actually did that, by the way? No. Oh, my goodness. If you see how they actually did it, it's insane. <laughs> you all set off. Now bedecked in your fine clothing. I will point out that uh, wearing, you can probably, you can get away with like a mithril chain shirt or something under your clothing, but the, any medium or heavy armor is going to negate the bonuses from your noble's clothing. So Good I imagine on yours wear armor. Me, yeah. the friend. I wear mithril chain. Okay. <laughs> on yours probably doesn't have his armor or his shield, but I'm taking my kopesh. Yeah, you could carry, yeah, your weapon is fine. Never it's know a pretty snazzy weapon. Hall. It's like, hey, check out this awesome sword made of salt. You jumped in the audience hall. You never know. I have magic. Me too. I mean, yeah. You never know. On your should have prepared a magic vestment spell today. Hey, you never know we're going to run into a mummy and need that salt sword. <laughs> she is a mummy. You mummy you navigate mummy. through the city streets, uh, eventually arriving on the the map there. It's just on the other side of the old city on the western side, right past that. It's a little diamond enclosed area. Yep, 14 on our map. I'm not sure if that's going to be on the map that we're posting online. The great palace here looms over the canal fronted with a palisade of beautifully painted pillars in dazzling colors. In front of the palace, moored to a magnificent marble quay, is a luxurious river barge, which wallows in the turbid waters of the canal. Between the barge and the palace, you can see a makeshift camp of colorful tents and stalls, which has sprung up, creating a small village worth of bustling activity, as she seems to have brought at least a couple of hundred retainers with her. Good gracious. So this is like a whole circus. The palace here and its grounds have effectively become a center of a storm of movement and excitement, housing countless traders and petitioners bearing trade goods and gifts for the visiting noblewoman. As you begin to approach towards the gate, you can see that there is a much smaller, almost non-existent group of people as far as commoners and such that are approaching towards the gate uh, and seemingly turned away by the guards. As the four of you approach, the three guards that stand here kind of glance up, look all of you over, seem to realize that you're obviously not common peasants. Mm. And one of them steps forward. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Are you here to request an audience with Her Excellency? Yes. Indeed. I'm afraid that she is engaged with important business for the Ruby Prince and has no time for petitions today. Can we make an appointment? Any of you may make a sense motive. 
11. 19 for Sudi? Uh, Citra rolled a 13 and got a 24. On yours gets a 15. Citra, you one get the feeling that he's probably said this a lot today, as this seems to be a stock line. You then kind of, you can kind of sense two other things though. One, he kind of says this and seems to almost, you know, his hand sort of flexes almost instinctually or on reflex, as if he's waiting for you to offer something over to him. You can only imagine a gift from Amanofra. You also get the impression, however, that if you were maybe to shake his hand and slip a couple coins to him, that would also probably grease the wheels. Goodness. Do you have a plus nine in sleight of hand? Do it. Do it. So Citra kind of steps forward, like slide a hand, some gold into her pocket and is like, we would very much appreciate if we could maybe make an exception just for today. Go and make me a diplomacy. Terrible. Be a 22. The man takes this. You can see that he consciously doesn't glance back towards the other guards as he kind of takes the coins and sort of slips them up his sleeve. Looks you over, looks over the rest of the group. You appear to be dignitaries of some repute. I will escort you to see Her Excellency. We are very much appreciative of that. I, of course, cannot guarantee that she will entertain you this day. Of course. The man turns and leads his way in. Once he's past the guards, you can see he kind of shakes out his sleeve a little bit, takes it and shoves some coins in his pocket. Uh, the way things work. Hollis never says nothing. <laughs> nothing like a little bribery. I was going to say, Citra is from Tefu, or lived in Tefu for many years. Yeah. So this, she this probably knows a little bit about you how it works. got to grease a couple palms. <laughs> that's, how the, uh, that's how the wheel of creation continues to spin. I've never understood why it's called greasing the palm. Yeah, I'm sure we can look up the etymology later. Yeah, I'm curious now. You make your way back, not into the palace. Instead, you circle around past that. You go through this, this city of brilliant tents. Past, it seems that there are a fair number of servants here. There are almost even more entertainers. Um, every once in a while, you hear odd noises coming from some of the tents as you pass them. Like the sounds of strange animals or beasts. Huh. What? Weird. She brought a circus with her. I told you it was going to be a circus. It's a literal circus. I, I didn't realize it was going to be literal, but I did say it was a circus. She has a taste for life. A taste for circus animals, apparently. It the man leads you behind the building, uh, behind the palace, down to the quay. And from here, a an ornate game plank leads up to the deck of Mominofra's pleasure barge, which bobs gently in the water here. Surrounding the quay on the docks here, you can see various nobles and other dignitaries chatting with one another on the grounds of the palace. The entirety of this this barge is brightly painted and trimmed with shining gold. And the barge's polished wooden planks gleam in the sunlight as you make your way up onto its deck. Towards the stern of the vessel is a painted and gilding columns which support a silken canopy shading a pyramid-shaped dais heaped with cushions that rises from the barge's deck. Sheer curtains between the pillars stir slightly as the weak breeze travels along the canal. The entirety of this barge is inundated with courtiers and guards and slaves and servants. Wealthy citizens and members of the local aristocracy sit upon cushions on the deck beneath huge parasols held up by eunuchs. A lion is tethered to each of the four corner pillars, each of the lionesses watching out at the surrounding crowd with what seems to be bored disinterest. At least they're not hungry. 
Scantily clad slaves move silently through the gathering, bearing trays and pitchers of refreshments for the various guests here. The woman you've come here to meet is behind the various curtains. Uh, although two of the guards would part them as the guard leads you forward onto the deck into the center, kind of a circle forms around all of you as the other nobles kind of step off towards the side. And you can hear the mutter, it's like, who are these people? Where did they come from? I don't recognize what's... Moment Uffra is a heavy set woman, wearing a golden headdress and lounges atop the pyramid, almost lost in the vast mountains of cushions that surround her. You would say that she's beautiful. She has fair features, bright eyes, and a smile that seems to be one part almost infectious and one part somehow hungry. Like an almost overly pleased crocodile. <laughs> the woman looks out at all of you and then somewhat boredly raises one hand, points up a finger and gestures for all of you to approach her while just gently fanning herself with the other hand. This is despite the fact that she's surrounded by a quartet of eunuch soldiers who are also fanning her. <laughs> uh, you'd note that all four of these soldiers also bear kopeshes. We, I guess, as non-threateningly as possible, approach. And we do some sort of respectful... Yeah, I don't know. What do, you, what do you do? Do you bow? Do you put the hand to the heart? Like... Uh, a bow and, of course, addressing her as her excellency is, okay, yeah, is common. Yes, yes, I imagine Onuris would have given everyone a heads up yes. about this. I was going to say, you with your nobility, here. you hopefully know how to not make an, a fool of ourselves. Onuris would have given directions to everyone. This is how you say the things and do the things. Okay. And Citra's got the date wine ready to go. The four of you make your way forward, uh, watching up towards her. The soldiers eye all of you suspiciously. The lions let out soft growls as you pass between them, as you make your way up onto the dais. And the woman lounging from her mountain of pillows glances over all of you. And what can you do for me? And we'll pick it up here next time. Interesting. We can give you some wine. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're about to find out. <laughs> Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Mommy's Mask is copyright 2014. Mommy's Mask and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.